Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time that it may be, which you have come back for another Thursday edition of the Illuminated Word Podcast. And I am so glad that you have. As always, I'm David McLean. And our reading today is going to come from Luke chapter 4, verses 14 through 22. It reads, Then Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity. He was teaching in their synagogues, being acclaimed by everyone. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. As usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. They were all speaking well of him and were amazed by the gracious words that came from his mouth. Yet they said, Isn't this Joseph's son? We want to stop right there. And uh, tomorrow, Chris will look at uh, the next section where they tend to seem to turn on Jesus. Uh, For right now, we want to focus on Jesus establishing his mission statement, why he came, what was his purpose. And of course, if you back up a little bit, you'll see that this comes right after Jesus being tempted uh, in the wilderness by Satan. And so Luke starts Jesus's ministry by saying that he returns to Galilee. And he says, in the power of the Spirit. Now, I I was trying to figure out what we should uh, focus on here, what what to talk about during uh, our time together. And, you know, we've, we've went through the past couple of days on this podcast. We went through Isaiah 61, which is where Jesus is quoting here. And so perhaps, perhaps we've, we've kind of already covered all that. So, so instead, I, I want to focus on Luke saying, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. This is how Luke begins Jesus's ministry and the way that the Gospels begin Jesus' ministry. The beginning is the important part. To, is, is very important for us to to take note of. You know, it's it's almost like a movie. If you miss the beginning of a movie, you're almost lost for the rest of the movie. Or you may miss something really important that's setting up what's going to happen. And you get a little bit further into the movie, and you go, "Wait, wait, hold up a second. Why? What's going on here? Why is this happening? Oh, you missed the first few minutes." Well, Luke wants to establish that Jesus has come in the power of the Spirit, but but when you hear the word power, what comes to mind? You know, do you think of, uh, of inf- influence or, or wealth? Uh, do you think of an authoritarian, a dictator, a ruler, a president? Uh, how about physical strength, the, maybe the, the powerful defensive line or offensive line of a football team, for instance? Uh, or maybe you think of military soldiers, or maybe you think about the ability to get what you want when you want it. Or is power uh, someone who's able to tell others what to do? It's, 
it's very important that we note that G, that Luke says Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. This is the first scene in Luke that describes Jesus' public ministry. And, and the, this matters because they set the tone and the priorities for the things to come. So it's important for us to know that Jesus comes filled with power. And maybe even more, it's important for us to know just what Jesus' kind of power looks like. And it makes the passage from Isaiah that Jesus reads in the synagogue very interesting because if there's one thing uh, that all the people referenced by Jesus have in common, it's that they are definitely not the powerful people of the world. I mean, think about it. Jesus says he has come to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim proclaim freedom for the prisoners, uh, for the recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. Those are not powerful. They are outcasts, the defeated, the down and out. They're the ones that we've trained to feel sorry for as we pass by them at the street corner, uh, and even as we give thanks to God that we're not in their shoes. I mean, these are the folks that we may pity, but we do not admire, and yet Jesus says he's come for them. And so this may challenge our typical notions of power. Right before Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, as I pointed out a minute ago, is that he, is he had been in the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. And the devil tempted him to become, you know, powerful, quote unquote, in a worldly sense. You know, to use that power to turn stones into bread, to, to rule with an iron fist over all the kingdoms of the world, to, to dazzle the crowds with spectacular acts that would cause people to bow down to him in fear because of his great power. But Jesus said simply no to all those temptations. And we might think that Jesus' encounter with the devil would, would leave him empty, but in denying what Satan had to offer Jesus, uh, he gained more of what he really needed, and that is the the Holy Spirit power. And, and the power of the Spirit is a power that brings peace and joy and love, love for God and, and love for neighbor. It transforms us. It recreates us into God's image and, and frees us to truly live. And when we choose the Spirit's power, whether rather than our own power or the power of the world or the you know the supposed power that Satan offers, then we gain more of what we what we really need. We, we gain that joy. We gain that love. We gain that peace. And so Jesus comes in power. And, and then let's remember from this passage that Jesus quotes from Isaiah, that poverty and captivity and blindness, <laughs> those are the ones that Jesus come for, came for. And of course, we know that they have uh, both physical and spiritual dimensions. You know, I think we can all agree that it's bad to have an empty wallet, but it's even worse to have an empty heart. And captivity, captivity is terrible. But you know, Bonhoeffer and, and so many others have shown that it's possible to remain free in the midst of horrific imprisonment. You know, and in Chris's sermon Sunday, he talked about uh, famous people, Heath Ledger, uh, people who seem to have it all and yet they still were missing something. Well, athletes, actors, rock stars, uh, you know, you see so many of them struggling to free themselves from addictions. Uh, these, these popular, powerful influencers exhibit a true kind of slavery. You know, you look at someone like Helen Keller, who was blind from infancy, but her words and actions action show a, a clear ability to see the very core of life. And so 
Are you or, or someone you know a prisoner to something? Are you or someone you know blind to the love and grace of God? Do you know someone who is spiritually poor, desperate, struggling, lost? If, if that's you or someone you know, Jesus has come with good news for all. I mean, I think we all kind of suffer from these conditions in one way or another. Jesus read from the prophet Isaiah, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began by saying to them, As you hearing today, this scripture is fulfilled. I think I call that the mic drop. You know what a mic drop is, right? When a, when a speaker makes a, a statement that's so compelling, uh, so hard-hitting, so like in your face, you're like, whoa, that it requires like a, like a prolonged pause or a full-on stage exit for full effect. You know, I've always wanted to drop, like do a mic drop. I guess I never really said anything. Any, I've never really said anything compelling enough to do that. And, and also, I, I know how many how much mics cost, so <laughs> I'm tempted, uh, but I really do it. But dropping the mic, whether physically or or figuratively, kind of adds a dramatic stamp to the the shocking words you might have said, or the boldness of what you said, or how you said it. Uh, so, in the synagogue of his hometown, Jesus begins a worship gathering with nothing short of a mic drop, or or maybe here. It's better described as a scroll roll. Uh, I think I'm going to trademark that scroll roll. But imagine how just, I don't know, pretentious, blasphemous Jesus' claim there in verse 21 must have sounded to the people with whom he grew up with. But as Luke writes, initially this claim alone was, wasn't enough to raise their temper to, uh, to, to the max. That we'll see in verses 28 through 30. But Jesus nonetheless proceeds to drop the mic and saying, Today as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. This is Jesus' mission statement for his life. It encompasses who he is and what his ministry is about and how people uh, who accept him will respond to him. And, and folks, as the, as the church, as the body as his body on this earth, it's our mission statement as well. This is what our ministry is to be about. We are to choose for ourselves the power of the Holy Spirit and then offer this power to others. This is uh, the power. This power is God's power. It's the only true and real power. I mean, dictators, their power goes away as soon as they're overthrown or they die. And the power of celebrity is here one minute and gone the next. And the power of money can only take us so far. It can't fulfill us. It, it can't cause us to love. It, it will not transform us for good. And, and it, we can't take it with us. Again, the only real power is of the Holy Spirit. And it's demonstrated not by accomplishments or things that uh, I claim for myself. It's only demonstrated through what it does for others. So, see, the thing is here, power is power only when it sets others free only when it builds others up, only when it is used for the betterment of those around us. So how different is this from the way the world thinks of power? 
the power of God at work in Jesus transforms our ideas of power because it turns our attention away from ourselves to those around us. I mean, think of Jesus. He's truly the most powerful person to ever walk the earth, and yet he never sought attention for himself. He came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. He hung out with all kinds of people, from the self-righteous Pharisees uh, to the lepers, the outcasts, the prostitutes, the criminals, the hated, just the down and out. And for those who, who did realize they needed him, well, he set them free through the power of the Holy Spirit. And with that Holy Spirit power working in them, they built the church, which against all odds, against everything the world would have expected from a small band of nobodies, that church became the most powerful force for good in the world. Now, we're not perfect. We get off base. We miss the target. We get into trouble. Sometimes we become corrupt. Sometimes we get caught after running after the world's concept of power, money, self-absorption, pride. But when we do what we're called to do, when we follow Jesus and allow Jesus' mission statement to be our own, when we deny what the world offers us and focus on Christ and Christ alone, when we, when we reach out to the stranger, when we love those uh, who the world deems ugly and unlovable, when we feed the hungry, when we visit the prisoner, give clothes to the needy, and proclaim the good news of Jesus' life and love and death and resurrection, lives are changed. There's no power on earth or under the earth or, or anywhere that can accomplish that. It's only the power of the Holy Spirit living and, and working inside of us. So what do we miss out on when we reach for what the world calls power? How poor do we become when we seek uh, riches and things around us? How enslaved are we when we chase after glory or influence? How blind are we when we ignore the struggles of others and put ourselves ahead of everyone else? How oppressed are we when our lives are just drowning in sin and self-absorption? But here's the thing about Luke chapter 4, this section of Scripture. We have to remember that Scripture has been fulfilled. The one that Isaiah the prophet talks about has come. And we have a choice. And we don't have to be left to, to waller in our, in our own mess. We don't have to be spiritually bound in chains or lost in the dark. We can choose to follow Christ. We can choose to be filled with, with real power, with selfless power, loving, giving, protecting power. Jesus says, take heart, for I have overcome the world now. That is power. I hope this has been a blessing to you in some form or fashion. I hope that uh, you will, if at all possible, plan to be here Sunday. I also hope that this week you are truly living in the power of the Spirit and that you are seeking ways to, to share that with others, to show that to others, to show to others uh, the power of Christ, the power of of God in our lives and the love of God and that the words of Jesus are life changing yeah we love miracles and we love the show but it's the words of Jesus the one who was there in the beginning he is the word and the words of the word how life altering and powerful they are 
that we must share those with people around us so that others will know the power of Christ in their lives. So be blessed this week and also seek for ways to be a blessing to those around you.